Welcome in to Baxter Street, boys. Uh, I almost said the addition, but I don't know which number it is. Anyway, the dogs are now 4-0, um, regardless of what the people on Twitter are telling you. We're still number one in the country. Um, and, you know, we got a lot to work on. A lot of theories being thrown around out there on Twitter today. Did Kirby Smart throw the game? Um, did Lad's girlfriend dump him before the game? We're about to talk about all that and more here on Baxter Street, boys. So get the chat bumping. Let's do it, Griff. There he goes in the corner again, and we jump up. Touchdown! Oh, God, a touchdown in the corner! He just stepped on their face with a hobnailed boot and broke their nose. We just crushed their face. Swift got running room. Swift by the defense. 40, 30, they won't catch him. Go, Swift, into the end zone. Touchdown! The freshman just ran it back to Philadelphia. 15, 10, 5, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Dogs win it. We're headed to Atlanta. Near sideline, and it's intercepted. Intercepted, Keely Ringo at the 21. Off he goes, 40, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30. Near sideline, breaks the tackle, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, 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 Georgia. I know I'm asking a lot, you guys, but hunker it down one more time. All right. Welcome in, everyone. Uh, we already got some people in the chat. Love it. Uh, we'll get to y'all in a minute. We're going to talk about the dogs in about five minutes. Boys, how are y'all doing? Doing all right. It's been a hard week at school these past, like, couple weeks for me. I will say, I've had it rough. <laughs> had, Mondays, like, four Mondays, tests, dude. Yeah, Mondays are my busy days, but I, I'm always here. I'm ready to work, so. Ready to work. Yeah, well, it is, a, it is a tough day. I figured we start off today with just one random thought about college football. It does not have to be about Georgia. It can be about anything. Just one random thought, whatever jumps in your mind, say it out. <clears throat> Here's mine. I was, this was in the shower. My shower is where my thoughts just come. And I'll <laughs> sit in there for 30 minutes and they'll just keep coming. So my thought was this. Georgia is, and correct me if I'm wrong, a top three talent state in terms of high school football. Would y'all agree with that? California, yep. Texas, Georgia, Florida. Mm -hmm. So top four. We'll get top four. We had probably – Georgia's the premier program. Georgia Tech and Georgia Southern are probably next in line. We had two teams in the state of Georgia run a triple option with all this talent in the state for like 10 years at the same time, at the same exact time. That absolutely blows my mind when I started thinking about it. But that is my one random thought. That was, I would say, one. yeah, my one random thought this week – is we're going to find out who's going to win the ACC this weekend. Whoever wins NC State Clemson is winning the ACC. And I've, I've been on record saying it's going to be NC State. I'm going to, I'm going to sort of pat myself on the, back, on the back. They might end up getting killed. But I kind of – you know, it came down to this one game. I kind of always said it was going to come down to this one game. It doesn't look like Miami is going to be there. It doesn't look like Wake Forest is going to be there. Um, and really, this is NC State's last test, unless they fall asleep. So, I, th I think this game is going to decide whoever wins this week will win the ACC. I will say one one thing about the ACC with Miami. You know, obviously they had that terrible <laughs> loss this weekend, and they haven't really looked that good all year. But they are on the bad side of the conference. Yeah, I mean, like they could they're absolutely dead, they're dead. They could Trust absolutely me. win it. I'm just no. saying they, they can win the they ACC. But they won't make. Have the they lost an ACC game yet? They're dead. Nope. Trust me. Give me your one random thought. I'm about to get to Miami. Just give me your one. All random right. Thought. <laughs> all right. My one random thought is, I don't even know how to present this at first, but. Just the way that people overreact 
to college football. Only on certain teams, though. Like, so you got Georgia this weekend, and we came out and put out the performance that we had. Everyone freaks out. Bama, freak out. You know, like, if anyone, if anybody puts up that kind of performance, it's, it's freak out time. It's lose your mind. But also, on the other side of that, you got, like, Oklahoma, who played really well last week against Nebraska, and we overreact to that, too. I mean, they beat Nebraska, a team that, like, are they still winless? I mean, have they even won a game yet? They're terrible. Whatever. I mean, they stink. But we overreacted to that game and crowned them winner of the Big 12. I'd really – I just don't understand, like, the overreaction from week to week. It's like people completely forget about the three weeks that you played before week four or however long it has been into the season. Like, the last week is the only week that matters. It's kind of unreal. Even with Oregon, too. That's what makes the sport so good, though. That's that's why college football has the best regular season. It's for that reason, right there. That's why we don't need twelve teams in the playoffs. But we're not going to get into that today. It's <laughs> it's the best regular season for that reason because fans are so emotional in college football, so emotional. But I love it. I, I love it. No, I it's fun. Up. I eat up your reaction. It, it's fun. It was just a thought I had, you know. All right, yeah, so we it, had a crazy week. I'll go ahead. Jay. Let me go ahead and riff off this because I want to get this out of the way. A lot of people thought that I was overreacting. What I said, don't think it was an overreaction. I said, hey, the team didn't play like the number one team in the nation today. I didn't say last week. Didn't say this month. Didn't say next week. Today. I just don't think that's a disagreeable point. They had a bad game. That's fine. If you hold yourself to a high enough standard, you're going to have a couple of those. You're going to have those games where you don't feel like you look your best. And that's not a problem. It's fine. Everybody has bad games. They won. Yeah, but I, I don't think that was I don't think that was off the wall and 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 is such a nah, hot take. Nah, it was fair. Out to be. It was fair for sure, and we'll talk about that no doubt. Let's get some of these chats in. Cody says ACC is overrated potentially. I mean, I think there's some good teams in the ACC personally. Yeah, I mean, and, and Ron mentioned this too. He said Florida State still hanging around too. And Cody yeah, said for that. sure. I forgot about for sure. About Florida State. We're about to see. Yeah. We're about to see what Florida State's about this week with Wake at home. Yep. Um, levelheadedness is bad for business, says the Nature Boy. Agreed. Hey, listen, Agreed. nature boy. I'm not level-headed when it comes to Georgia football. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we had we had a lot of stuff happen this weekend in college football after the Georgia played. Uh, we're gonna make this very quick, very quick, quick. Three points is what we're doing here. I'll do mine very quick. My first point, Miami, you're dead to me. Um, I stuck my nose out for you, and it, and it had nothing to do with me. I said this at the beginning. I did not think Miami was some great team. I thought they were plenty good enough to win 10 to 11 games on their schedule because it's awful. Did I see them losing Middle Tennessee State? No, I did not. So they're dead. Brutal. The Big 12 might be the best conference in in college football, top to bottom. There's not one bad team. Their top is not as good as any other. It's pretty weak. But top to bottom, they might would win a series against other conferences, any other conference. I mean, who's the worst team in in the Big 12? They beat the bottom four teams in the SEC, whoever it is, I think, personally. Yeah, probably. So, Big 12 is not bad. And, yeah, my last point is Clemson's back. Uh, DJ looked unbelievable. He was That was the best game he's played in forever. Their defense, you might, you might talk about their defense. They're missing like five starters, and they still won the game. Clemson's dangerous, officially. I'm back in on Clemson. They looked really, really good. Um, Big 12 is trash. I, I kind of disagree. I mean, we just saw Alabama go to Texas and, and win by one point. So I, I, I'm failing to see how the Big 12 is trash at the Kansas moment. Kansas is also making the playoffs. Have you watched Kansas? I mean, 
are Jayhawks. They've been a wagon. Yeah. All right, all my right. three. First one, uh, let's clap it up real quick. Game of the year, Oregon State. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you, Oregon State. Game of the year. I appreciate that. One and oh. That was awesome. Um, that's all I really wanted to say about that. If their quarterback hadn't thrown four interceptions, we would have had the money line too. <laughs> that one hurts a little bit. But uh, next, uh, Ohio State looks pretty good. Um, Wisconsin, I think, is vastly overrated. I actually faded them to start the year. I had them under like nine and a half wins. I don't think Wisconsin is that good. But Ohio State's offense is starting to click. Um, and I'm not too sure if I'm sold on them being the best team in the country, but I definitely think they're they're not uh, they're not as bad as they were in the first two weeks of the year. They kind of do that sometimes. I think they came out pretty slow last year with C.J. Stroud. They lost to Oregon. Yeah, yeah. And my third point is that Brian Harson may not make it to next Monday. No, no, we might not face Brian Harson. In all honesty, we, we might not have seen the last of him. Might have seen the last of him. Um, hold on. Before we get going, this kind of proves my point right here. And Texas lost to Texas Tech. Exactly. I think it's the deepest conference in the country. I may, I may have spoke wrong when I said best. It's the deepest con- conference in the country. Um, yeah, I just, I just uh, Kansas I, is good. I disagree. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but that's my I, I point. Think Alabama, we just watched Alabama go to Texas and lose by should have lost the game. So I, they do have pretty good teams. Like when Quinn Ewers is playing, Texas is solid. So. Um, I will say in terms of this college football, I don't know what to take away from the Tennessee Florida game. I don't know what to take away from it. I really don't. I I, I don't know what to think about that game. I can tell you one like, thing: the Tennessee hype train is gaining a lot of steam, and it's going to be really funny when it crashes. It might crash this weekend. It very well might. Well, it, well, it can't this weekend. They're on a buy. Yeah, oh, uh, dude, I was talking about LSU. I, yeah. yeah. I'll yeah. say. I'll say. I was in Knoxville this weekend, and I've I've seen it firsthand. Tennessee fans think they're going to walk into Death Valley and stomp LSU. They think they are. Now, I'm here to tell you. We'll see. Uh, I'm here to tell you right now. I'm going to be big on LSU in that game. And when we come back to this next week, I'm going to be pulling out a couple words that are close to what Jake said about Oregon State last week. Uh-oh. All right, next Maybe, two. I love you know it. I'm saying. I love it. Um, I did actually Kansas. have uh, – I had a tickler on that. That was like a week two thing that I said. I said, Tennessee at LSU, I can't wait to bet LSU. Yeah, major, I agree. Uh, Kansas is a wagon. They're a wagon. They're actually good. <laughs> I, I love to watch them play football. No, dead um, serious. Dead, I don't mean to interrupt you, but dead serious. If, they're, if the Heisman started right now and their quarterback wasn't there, I would rage. He's, I'd be pissed. He's the real deal. He's incredible. I got he, him catching three on. and a half against Iowa State. It might be a trap, but I'm riding him. Absolutely. I already took it. Yeah. At halftime, at at half he was 11 for 12 for 203. He, he's a monster. He's really, really he's, good. And right, then uh, last – yeah, last point is uh, I don't think that Texas lost this weekend. I, I'm ready to see Texas with Quinn Ewers again because I it just felt like a different team, man. I, I – I'm not here to say that they're dead or anything yet, especially in the Big 12 race. I mean, they lost one game in the Big 12. All right. I mean, and they're a team that's still trying to get better. They had a lot of injuries. And, I mean, they've dealt with a lot this season. And Quinn Ewers coming back is going to change a lot for them. He is a really, really good quarterback. And we saw it. Very good. We saw it. And so, I'm I'm excited to see him come back soon. Hopefully, it's sooner rather than later. So. Rodriguez Williams says Minnesota Gophers are doing well. You guys seeing this? Yeah, I mean, 
They uh, that yeah, Michigan Tanner State Morgan. game that was a big stay away for me for for a good reason apparently because I did not think Michigan State was going to lay down like that. I took Minnesota in that game. We actually, could so. we could spend a lot of time on Michigan State. I don't want to get into it, but that's <laughs> whew, brutal, brutal. Um, yeah, y'all get ready to put the house on Ohio Kiwi State. Fifteen fifty says LSU corners are legit, and Tennessee D did not look good against the Gators. Yeah, and sometimes when when you go into a game and it's in Death Valley, you just absolutely kick out the scouting report because it really doesn't matter. LSU could be a six and six team and play with anybody in the country at that place. It's it's the best home environment in college football, in my opinion, and they it, it keeps them relevant half the time. And then when they're good, you just it's insanity it. that game ended up at noon. I mean, remember in what eighteen when we walked in there, we were way better than them. They turned out to be better than us, way better the next year. But that year, without Joe Brady, they were not that good, and they absolutely wore us out. Yep. Yeah. That is a good segue into the dogs. The dogs played a game this weekend, if you haven't heard. It did not go as planned. We still won the game handily. But that's what we're accustomed to is blowing teams out, as Jake talked about. There's a new standard at Georgia, um, and we are used to absolutely dominating. Uh, And – when you see that kind of performance, it makes you question some things. And so let's just let's talk about before we dive into the game. Let's talk about some big picture stuff. Big big picture stuff. Does this at all change? Like what what did you take out of it? I guess. I actually I want the solo screen for this Griff. Go ahead. Using the solo. <laughs> okay. There we go. So. This was a good wake-up call in the sense that you would rather have a game like this this week than against, you know, a Tennessee at home at Starkville. It's fine. Teams have bad games all the time. That doesn't mean that they're not a good team. That doesn't mean they should drop in any standings, which also don't matter right now. But there is a huge overreaction going on. That game was played in between those lines for 60 minutes, and then it was over. It's a, it's a burn the film game for the fans. It's not for the coaches. The coaches need to go over, you know, what went wrong and, you know, some of the weaknesses, some of the deficiencies. That's perfectly fine. It's also okay to say they had a bad game. Good teams have bad games all the time. It just happens. So I don't think there's any reason to overreact. I don't think Georgia is in trouble. I don't think Georgia is any worse. They had a bad game. It happens. That's what happens when you have, to, when you have a higher standard for yourself than some other people you know, may still hold on to, or people on the outside might have. George is fine. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. I don't disagree with anything. Uh, a couple, a couple big picture things I had. I, I texted some of the guys that are on the team today, and I was just kind of joking around. I was like, "Hey, y'all worried about you worried about practice this week?" And the consensus was that like, like "No, nah, dude, we're we're not worried about it." Everybody's kind of reacting fan wise. Um, one of the points that one of them made, he said, dude, we didn't even punt the ball once. Like, we did not punt once. We we had over 500 yards of offense, and there was a couple plays that we did bust. But other than that, I mean, it's just football. It happens. And I was like, that's a good point. I didn't think about the non-punting thing. Um, <clears throat> Kirby, very calm at halftime, very calm in his post-game presser. Um, I think – I don't think – he's ever happy after a game, but I think he is definitely – happy that the media is not going to spend all week telling these guys how good they are. And he has some things that when, when you're as an athlete, when you're actually winning and when you're feeling dominant, like if I go out and I throw three straight outings of, of no hit baseball, I don't want to be told from a pitching coach, Hey, your changeup's not very good. 
Well, hey, listen, dude, I've, I've done three straight outings of no-hit baseball. I don't care what you think about my changeup. Like, that's how it is. And then when you have a game like this where there's some glaring weaknesses, the, the message resonates a little bit more to the players. And, and I think Kirby's happy to have that, that type of situation where what him and the coaching staff says has to resonate a little bit more this week. Yeah, and let me make something clear, too, before we go on. Kent State played a great football game. I don't want to awesome. take anything away from them. I'm not saying this was just because Georgia, bad. Georgia was bad. Kent State played really, really well. They capitalized on turnovers. They hit some soft spots with some screens and stuff like that. Kent State played well. Let's not get that twisted. I, I got to give them credit for that. And, hey, they should. They played Washington and Oklahoma already, who are two top 15 teams. Well, I don't know if Oklahoma still is, but you get the point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm trying to keep up with the chat. It's actually popping right now. But um, another thing was ESPN Plus coverage. Absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. I was rewatching the game just now, and I was kind of – when I watched the game the first time, I'm, I'm very emotional. I can't stop and focus on details. I'm just Same. I'm just riding the emotional roller coaster. So things were getting slow. I didn't want to hear these broadcasters. I, I love stench coming off, but the other guy was just brutal. So I turned the volume all the way down. And I'm watching another game, and I'm just kind of casually watching the Georgia game. Well, I didn't realize how many plays they missed. The broadcast just straight up would miss plays, and you catch the end of it. Like, come on. This wasn't even ESPN Plus, man. This was SEC Network yeah. Plus. Yeah, I mean, it was awful. It was awful, awful, awful. Like the whole the whole broadcast was brutal, and I hated it. That that yeah. might have went into the slowness of the game. In all yeah. honesty, yeah. Griff, anything you took big picture wise? I mean, you know, we had some guys that, like Lad, who had a tough day. I mean, he fumbled twice. I mean, you know, it happens. That stuff happens. But we also saw him come out in the second half and, you know, make some plays. Like, I think it just showed toughness. And I think that's something that we have, haven't had to see yet. And I, I think that's good to see. I mean, you don't want to see your team just have to blow out everyone every week and just not get tested at all. I mean, we got tested a little bit this week. Yeah. I think that's good for us. I don't think it's a bad thing that we didn't win this game by 60 points. I mean, you know, yeah. no, it's good to get tested. That's a great segue into what I wanted to kind of start with. Uh, number one, yeah, let's just nip the lab thing right in the butt. He he had a tough first half, and I think it had a lot to do with that first play, the deep shot. Doesn't make the play. He's trying to make up for it some way. You, you, you kind of saw Lad play a different way than he's used to because when you think of Lad, he's fearless. Like the way he plays, he's not bigger than anybody, probably not stronger than anybody. But he doesn't believe that on the football. When he has the ball in his hands, he believes he's getting to the end zone. And that's how he plays. You kind of see him a little timid. That wasn't him. Like you said, Griff, second half rolls around. He's pushing off guys, making plays. He's jumping through double teams. That that was loud. And I, I was at no point concerned about him. 100%. At no point in time. Um, but you talked about toughness. And that's a good word because in my notes, if you remember back to the, the opening drive of the second half, I labeled it the toughness test because all fans are, pr are pretty well known now. And I think pretty happy with the fact that Georgia is not running the ball as they traditionally have just ground and pound between the tackles, run, 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 run. You can get into all the, the different details of, well, they're still technically running the ball. Yeah. Agreed. But they're not tradition. They're not doing it as they traditionally have the second, the first drive of the second half, they lined up and ran the ball downhill. And it was almost like Todd Munkin and Kirby saying, we're about to run this football. If y'all don't get down the, the, the field, you're punting. So you better figure out a way to get in the end zone. And I thought – and we know Kendall Milton can run between the tackle. That's what he does. But I thought Dejon Edwards, 
And I thought Kenny McIntosh answered the toughness test with flying colors because they both ran extremely hard. They were hitting the holes. I think they both need more opportunities to run the rock up the middle because they look really, really comfortable doing it, especially Edwards. He did it so well. He earned, he earned the most carries on the team, 73 yards, average 6.1. He didn't really break a really, really long one either. He broke like a 21-yarder. 20, so he was just flat out running the balls for six yards every time he touched the ball. I thought, I thought the toughness test said a lot about the team, offensive line, running backs, everything, and they answered it, and I was happy to see that. Yeah, and, and one of the things, too, we talk about, you know, running the ball and the way the game was, you know, called. I don't really think there were any big issues with that. You know, the game was just – it wasn't a good watch. I think that was what upset a lot of people, too. Yeah. It was yeah. not a fun game to watch. And, you know, we had that that Brock Bowers fly sweep first play. We're all you – know, well, wasn't first play, but, you know, have the Brock Bowers fly sweep. Everybody's hyped up. And he got some interceptions. He got some dropped long passes. And it kind of just took the flow out of the game. And I think that's why a lot of people, you know, had a reaction to it like they did. Kiwi says Kent State, I think, had the toughest schedule based on ranking so far besides Florida. Yeah, I mean, they went to Oklahoma, to Washington, to us, three top 25 teams. That is brutal. Yeah. Um, I like this one. Chase Langford. Got to feel bad for what's coming for Mizzou this weekend after this week's practice. Yeah. I, uh, Laird, I've already bet Georgia every single which way. Yeah, I think <laughs> they're going to be on the end. Puzzles on Missouri. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – I think it's – I don't even think it's has to be come from the top. Like, it don't have to come from Kirby. I think the team is going to be fired up, ready to roll. Like, after after a slow game, you get into, into the meat of conference play. Whether it is Missouri, whoever, it's still a conference game. You're on the road. They've played extremely, extremely well on the road. And I think I think they're going to come out with blood in their eyes. Caleb Porter says, I skipped him. Hold on. Kirby intentionally created adversity in the Kent State game. He's preached it. I don't know. I mean – Kirby doesn't seem like a guy who would ever treat a game as a practice to me. Um, I think I think he definitely put some players in some situations that we haven't seen so far. Like Barry Alexander played a lot. Um, he was playing big minutes. So maybe maybe testing the players and kind of see what they got. I don't know. I don't know that he created adversity, but I think maybe the situations that that he put the team in maybe required them to do some things they haven't done before. Yeah. I feel like that. And, uh, I feel like I that kind of. Fine. I feel like that kind of takes away from what Kent State did on Saturday too because they they played really hard and they played really tough. They played a good game. They tested us a little bit. And I, I don't want to take anything away from them by saying that ah uh, Kirby is the reason that they that they did all that stuff. You know, he was just 100%. trying to test the players. Like that's not really fair to them because they they played a tough game and they came in there and they they made us work for it. So well, I'll tell you this the two big plays they had there were both screen passes. Um, and one of them was a bust on a guy that we've religiously praised on this for the entire year, and this usually never happens. But Chris Smith, he got called inside. They hit the big play on the outside for a touchdown. And then the other screen pass, um, I went brain dead. But Kamari Lasseter gets caught uh, on inside leverage, and they get outside of him. That's that's a weakness that we just were exposed to by Kent State that we can now clean up and move on with. That that wasn't that wasn't anything that I, I think Kirby created. That was Kent State identifying a weakness of ours and exploiting it, and they did a good job of it. And we have that to clean up now. We know what we need to clean up, and that's why I'm saying I think Kirby Smart is is pleased to be able to have this kind of game. That's what you pay the 1.5 million for. You this is where you get these exactly. kids worked out and buy games. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um. Let's start. I'll, let's keep talking about the running backs a little bit since we already we already hit on them. I 
I can't I can't talk enough about Dejon Edwards. I don't think. I mean, I think he earned his way into getting a lot a lot of more reps than he's gotten so far this year. And he's gotten a good amount, but and we've always seen Dejon pop when he comes in the games. It's always late, and so you kind of discredit a little bit. But he's he's running the same way he did when he came into end of games. And I, I and Jake, you you said this preseason, you were high on Edwards coming into the year. Yeah, I said this was going to be the Dejon Edwards game. I said I was going to keep saying it until it actually happened. And he did get over six yards of carry, which was nice. Um, so, yeah, I, I was pleased with what I saw there. You know, and you, you think back to the game and you think, wow, Georgia didn't really run the ball that well. You know, you look at it, Kenny Mack still five yards of carry. Kendall Milton, four and a half yards of carry. Uh, even Branson Robinson, a couple late carries. He had three, three and a half yards of carry. That'll get you a first down. Um you know, they, they ran the ball effectively. It wasn't sexy. You didn't have the chunk plays, but yeah. 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 Rude says Dejon is our bruiser. Yeah. He's more than a bruiser to me, too. Like, yeah, he does, he does apply a, a hefty punch, but his cuts, and you talked about his cuts before, Jake, and the way he's Sony. Yeah. He's got good vision. He kind of had his hand on, on, the, on the left or the right guard. I don't know who was in the right guard at the time, but he kind of had his hand in the right guard for a drive, made the block, cut outside. He looked really comfortable. He looked really, really comfortable. Um, what else we got? Bears, Bears ceiling is up there from Kirby's visor. Bear Alexander is is a freak athlete. He looked extremely fast on the football field the other day. Um, and and he's obviously a well noted big guy. And he looked he he was batting down passes. He was getting through the line quick. Yeah, he's got a very very bright future. Very bright future. Yeah, it'll be good to get AD and. Um... And Jalen Carter back as well. Um, yes. I even saw Arian Smith uh, in uniform running some routes. Yes. That's it's getting healthier, staying healthy. I think that's going to be important. Um, I said before the sh- I said on the show last week. I said don't play those guys, and I mean obviously they still took care of business, so it didn't matter. But um, yeah, you know you got to see some younger guys get some reps too, which is good in games like this, especially when they do have to face a little adversity. <clears throat> I saw a lot of people complaining about the defensive line on Twitter. And I, when I first watched the game, I thought the same thing. I thought, man, defense line didn't play that great. When I went back and watched the game, I came away way less concerned. I thought the defensive line played fine, to be quite honest with you. Like, like we just talked about, two of the big plays they hit were on screen plays on the outside. Defensive line can't do anything about that. Like that, I, I thought I had specifically noticed that I thought Zion Logue and Mazir Stackhouse played really good games. Uh, they were winning their one-on-ones for the majority of the time, from what I saw. They were getting in the backfield. They were stuffing runs. I, I'm not overly concerned about the defensive line. And like I sarcastically said on Twitter, any problems that they did have, there's this guy that wears number 99 that will probably come in and fix a lot of those very, very soon. He's he's not he's not a terrible football player. Um, 88. But, um, 88, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, I will say I love Bill Norton. He cracks me up. Bill Norton's huge. He's gotten bigger. I love that man. Bill Norton's awesome. Hey. He's got a great name too. He sounds like an insurance salesman. Bill Norton yeah. sounds like the guy who manages the state farm office I go to. A funny, a funny story about Bill Norton, actually. Me and Cole, when we went to the Florida game in uh 2020, Bill Norton got in the game. It was like late in the game. Game was pretty much over at this point. But he got in and he made a play. And me and Cole started going crazy. <laughs> Just going wild. And this guy behind us was like are y'all kin to him? Like, is he your friend or your roommate? And we were like, oh, no, we just love him. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. But it was just awesome. It was funny. It says, fun fact, Bill Norton is the team's music producer. 
I don't doubt it. He, he seems like a guy who can do a little bit of everything. But I respect a guy who stays around. He's, he was a highly touted guy. He was a four-star. Um, and he's hung around. He's put in his time. And I thought he played really well when he was in. He made a had a tackle for loss. So maybe he uh, maybe he gets in a little bit more. We see a little more forty five stuff in the middle. I'll tell you what. Make, Go ahead. He makes the Memphis dude. I, believe, I was reading the comment. He makes the beats for uh, the team. <laughs> he's from Memphis, man. I believe it. Um, I couldn't watch that game, rewatch that game, and just look at anywhere else except for number two and number 10. Those dudes are really, really, really good. And yeah. they were everywhere. And, and when they make the hit, you hear it. You hear it from the dang 300 section. Like, they are not scared at all. Um, JDJ just keeps getting better in terms of just, like, recognition. Like, it's, it's, it's becoming instant. Like, I'd slow-mo some plays, and he would just recognize it. Um, and, and smile was, was becoming better at that, that game too. He sniffed out a screen early in the second quarter. As soon as the ball was snapped, um, he, he was on the outside. He saw the tight end start floating out. Boom. He was there. Push the guy out of bounds. I thought, I mean, they just continued to pop every single, every single play, which we get both those guys for the next, for the rest of this year and next year. Like they're just going to continue to get better. Yeah, three tackles for a loss for JDJ, two sacks, uh, thankfully two sacks. Two, three team sacks. I mean, he was all over the place. He's starting mm-hmm. to look more and more like N'Kobe Dean every week, except he's bigger and faster. Yeah, he's those guys are playing really, really, really well. Uh, we had we had a, a block punt, which at this point is just becoming – it's like every game. We block, we block kicks all the time. It's awesome. Like, we used to never block kicks, ever. And now we block them all the time. Y'all know. Every time they punt on in their red zone, I think we're going to block it. We do almost every single time. Y'all know it, man. I'm a, I'm a special teams disciple. People do not understand the importance of special teams. It matters, man. It matters. There's three phases to the game. You got offense, defense, and we-fence. That's what I call special teams. We-fence. Everybody's got to get involved. Everybody's got to make plays. I like that. We-fence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, this is a good point for the nature boy. Says he loves Norton if no other reason we stole him from Tennessee. Yeah, that's the best of reasons. I, I would have been a Quay Walker fan yeah, if he never touched guys. the field. That was an all-timer. All Pull this one up from Chase, too. I like this one. Only real issue from the defense is tackling 150 of their 188 passing yards were after contact. I do agree with that. You know, those screens, naturally, I feel like you're going to get a little contact. But there were guys that were out of position, and that's fine. Like I said, bad game happens. Um, better this week than in Starkville because if they – if that was the defense against Mississippi State, we would have had to score more than 39 points probably. Yeah, and that's one thing I don't really, I'm not really concerned about is tackling because – and I've said this a lot. The biggest difference I, I, I saw from the previous coaching tenure to, to when Kirby took over was the sure tackling on defense. Like, that was kind of a, a staple of, of Mark Rick's team. We couldn't tackle. I mean, we missed so many tackles. It made you want to throw something at the TV. As soon as Kirby came in, I mean, it was like, boom, we're there. We make the tackle. A lot of that has to do with all the first rounders we're putting out on defense. But that's a coaching philosophy, too. That That is a big – that's a staple. And the way we tackle it is, is far from my concern right now. Yep. You, you mentioned the Bowers play, second play of the game. The fact that this dude just – deletes angles from safeties is unbelievable 
He's he does something every connected. game that's just like what what am I even watching? Georgia Tech last year, man? He runs off on defensive backs. I've never seen a tight end do that. What do you was, do? What do you do to that? Like, what do you do? Nothing. That? Dive at his ankles and pray. Who has done anything against him? To no one. You career. can't. It's impossible. There's no way. The he one, might be. He might be the best pound for pound player in college football. No, he I is. Believe that. He's the best player in college football. I, I'm willing to say that after. After looking at the stats and stuff, the fact that he's run for almost 100 yards this year and three touchdowns, along with being fifth in the SEC in receiving yards, he's and he's a tight end. He also blocks. Like what he does is incredible. You mentioned the play against Georgia Tech. That might be the most impressive play I've seen in, in college football. I, I've watched it a thousand times, and I still don't know how he comes out of there untouched. Two safeties, two safeties with a perfect angle <laughs> on him. He touched. just splits them. He didn't break the tackles. He just up, straight Cav? up ran through them. Little Cav. I like this comment. <laughs> Little Cav says, Bowers with Pitts and London would be a crazy team. Yeah. And then Marcus Marietta throwing to him. <laughs> hey, Falcons won. We're being nice to the Falcons this week. That's true. Be nice to the Falcons this week. I oh, bought my man. Super Bowl tickets to go see them. I will say, Desmond man, Ritter. The thing is with, thing is <laughs> with Bowers, Ritter. man. So, I, I, I tweeted out that video of him on the fly. It was fun to watch I, him win. Griff's <laughs> internet's bugging right now. You can't even hear stuff. Probably not. Um, but when I posted that Bowers video, I looked and like a bunch of people were blowing up on it. And I got I got notifications muted for people that don't follow me. And I was like, what's going on? I went and looked at Stuart Mandel had said something about it. I was like, how did you find this? <laughs> Is he a Georgia fan? I don't think so. Did he go? He just, he just, pre- he just appreciates a, a, a he loves some good tight end play. Yeah. But <laughs> the, the labeling him as a tight end is not even like. He, he plays a position that has not yet been created in college in football at all. And, and we said the same thing about Pitts. And we like he's but he's Pitts, almost like an old school like H back type. Right. Player. But Pitts is more like you can you can kind of give Pitts the receiver label because of how he's built. Bowers is built like a tight end. Yeah. He's just not one. Yeah. He's if he keeps doing what he's doing, which I, my dad made a comment during the game. He's like, hey, we gotta start feeding some other guys. I was like, why? Not today. Why? You know, <laughs> like it, there's absolutely no point with this guy right now because you could you could throw it to him nine, ten times a game and you're going to be fine. Even the play he made that he was almost a touchdown, like that's a freak catch for a guy like him. A freak catch. Like I, I can't – I'm kind of stuttering here because I can't bring up the words to talk about how freaky this dude is. But we better just enjoy him while we got him, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, it, it, and I had a lot of comments, too, where people were saying, oh, it's Kent State, calm down. I'm like, dude, we got a year and a half of this type of footage. You can pull up any game you want. Bro, that, have you watched us play before? Go watch that screen pass he took to – I mean, go watch that little bubble pass he took to the house in the national championship game. The like the, the catch he made on, on the pylon, that doesn't matter who that's against. That's just, that's just him making an unbelievable South catch. Carolina, too, man. I don't know if there's anybody else in the country that would have got that ball. I don't think there is. No. No, and to get the toe tap too, like it's it's incredible, incredible. Griff, we haven't talked about Stet yet. Yeah, we haven't. We have not. I was, gonna, I was gonna bring what him up. Got? I mean, listen, uh, what do y'all what do y'all think this game does to to Stet's Heisman chances? Like, what, how do you think it affects him? Do you think it affects him in a big way, or, or no? I think it's too well, early for he, it to he really. He ended up him. with good numbers. I, yeah, I mean, that's what I think too. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah he that's did tough. score the touchdown. I mean, that was a pretty nice highlight too. I mean, 
I feel like highlights matter a little bit in the Heisman race. Like you want to have those plays where like you look cool scoring a touchdown. If, if you know what I mean. Touchdowns saying. are going to come as conference play starts. Um, I agree. Start playing some more teams, but yeah, his touchdown numbers are a little down. But I was surprised at, at halftime of his numbers. Like I thought, I, I did not think there. I didn't know he threw for almost 180 yards that first half, and there were some drop touchdowns. Like mm-hmm. just to be clear, I thought there was a few uncharacteristic step balls where he kind of threw behind him a little bit. Um, and you know, you never know who that's on. Like as fans, we never really know like what the timing of that route is, where it's supposed to be. Like his interception. For that was a good view, play by that Kent State defender, too. No I doubt. And from my viewpoint, Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint kind of gave up on the route a little bit. Like, it looked like Step wanted to kind of cut it in like a skinny post. He kind of stayed straight. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the dude, just, like you said, he just jumped it. But I, I thought he kind of gave up on that a little bit. He had a couple time mis, mishaps with, with MRJ. But he's been, he's been so reliable on third down and stuff. I'm just going to chalk that up to a fluke. Uh, but like I said, we, we dropped some touchdowns. We dropped some big plays in the first play of the game. That should have been 70-plus yards. So, I, I thought Steph played a fine game. I brought, I I'm not worried about it. That. I'm not worried about it. And I will say, Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint, he did almost make a highlight. That was that was James <laughs> Pickens-esque. It looked exactly like him. That's exactly yeah. what I thought. <laughs> I, w- I had the tweet fired up that, that uh, he put on the number one and, and harnessed all of George's energy or something like that. But, uh, I, of course, they called it incomplete, unfortunately. But Yeah, well, the announcers were talking about the flag. And I was like, I think he caught the ball. I think he caught it. And I, I was adamant that he caught it. And he actually yeah. didn't even catch it, and he wasn't in. But it still looked cool. He, he was very extended. Uh, shout out Don Blaylock. Don Blaylock had a really good game. Made a couple big catches for us. Um, he he looks like old Dom. Uh, I want to see him catch one across the middle and and take it to the house. Like no he did doubt. Back in the day. He, he's he's big. he's dying to man. He's gonna do it. Yeah, he's gonna do it. It's gonna be at a big spot too. That, yeah. That's what I, I feel like it's gonna be. I think we'll see. We've seen our offense go to to heights this year that we kind of expected a little bit, but you know it's a it's something that isn't we're not used to in the way that we go about our offense or whatever. But I think it's only going to get better throughout the season because we're going to get healthier. I mean, Don Blaylock is coming off being injured for a long time, and he's going to get into a rhythm. All these guys are going to get into a rhythm. And when that happens, it's going to be really scary for these other teams. Uh, Rodney says, to me, Tate is the weakest weakest link on the line, in my opinion. Um, I mean, I think it's a little bit to be expected coming off a foot injury. Uh, you got to think, this dude, what, this is the fourth game? This is really the fourth game he's played. He played, what, one drive against Clemson? Like, the, the game reps are there, and clearly he earned a starting job after coming off injury. So, clearly he's shown a lot in practice that that gives him that title as a starter. And I think as the game reps come, I think he's going to be fine. Because when he's good, he's really, really good. Like, he's getting to the yeah. second level and pancaking, guys. Yeah, and, you know, being the weakest link on this old line is – is is a pretty good spot to be in. <laughs> it's yeah. a pretty good old line, so I don't think I'm not too concerned of him. Yeah, no, I thought I thought this was one of the line's best game. Um, there there was there was some plays like the sack they got there pretty quick. Somebody got beat. Um, there was a couple couple times where we needed one yard and we didn't get the, the full push. I thought pass blocking they were fantastic. Uh, once again, I thought they were great. And then in the second half, like I said, the toughness test. I talked about Edwards and Kenny passing it. The offensive line passed it too because they were opening up some big-time holes coming out of the break. And then at the end of the game, I had this written down. 
and I've talked about this, the Kirby Smart Death March. I love it. It's one of my, it's my favorite staple of what he's brought. We get the lead. We get the ball with about, you know, six, seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, and we just march it down the field and take off all the time and punch it in for a touchdown just to ice the cake. We did it this game. We didn't punch it in. We, we had mercy on him, but we could have. We got the ball back, and I think it's a credit to Edwards. He was the running back on the field for the drive to start it. And we got the ball with, I think Chris Smith picked it off with like around seven minutes, and we ran the clock clean out. They didn't touch the ball again. I thought that showed some toughness from the offensive line and for the running backs. And I'll say this too. I mean, like we're being pretty critical of like the offensive line, or I've seen some people are. And, guys, we ran for more yards in this game than we have in any other game. I mean, we ran for 208 against South Carolina. And in the other two games, we ran for less than 150 in both of them. I mean – the offensive line played well. I mean, it's yeah, it's the numbers are there. It's just you know, and they're still rotating a lot of guys, which is crazy for an offensive line. But that's how confident they are in, in the talent. A lot of these dudes, and you know that those get like I said, those game reps you can't mimic anywhere else except in the game. So the more people you can get with game reps, the better off we're going to be in the long run. One hundred. Let's. Uh, how many? Oh, do you have any more points left? I think I'm good. I'm chilling. I had oh, Dan Dan or Dan Lan or not Dan Laney. Uh Dan Jackson head humming. That was a sick hit on the sideline. He's awesome. That was Dan Jackson's awesome. He's awesome. Friend of the show. I'm gonna ask y'all this. <laughs> what's what's the panic meter at? Um, after rewatching the game, literally zero. I gotta say zero. This is still the best team in the country. It's a bad game. It happens. You're a couple big plays away from this being a completely different game. And uh, I think it was a good learning experience. They didn't play like the number one team that day, but that's fine. They're still the number one team, in my opinion. Not worried at all. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and they've earned that, you know? Like, if this is the first game of the year, I think you have to at least acknowledge it a little bit, you know? And especially, like, we talked about it coming into the season. We expected some plays to get busted on defense and for the big plays to happen coming into the year. We knew we were young. We knew we had some guys with inexperience. Like, we expected those big plays – and it just didn't happen against Oregon, who's proven to be a very, very good team. Um, it's It didn't happen in South Carolina, who has some big-time weapons on offense. And so, you know, it happens in game four in, in kind of a letdown spot in between two conference opponents. Um, so I, I, I chalk that up as, you know, sleepwalking a little bit. Uh, we, got, we can't sleepwalk, and I think the, the players know that. Kirby knows that, and they're going to fix that. But my panic meter is, has not been hit at all. No, I'll say this. I, I mean, even after this week, guys, we're going to be favored on a neutral site over any team in the country. Yeah. Would y'all agree with that? I mean, no, who's going to be favored over us? I agree. So, I think I heard. I, mean, um, I forget who it was, but there was there was a model that had us favored two and a half against Bama on a neutral site. Well, you beat Missouri 42 to nothing in Columbia next weekend, and nobody's talking about this game. No, no, no one will remember this game in two weeks. We have a stretch coming up where we have the three worst SEC teams, which is just an unbelievable stretch. I don't know how those three games get scheduled back to back to back. I know Auburn's not usually in the situation, but they're bad. That Auburn Missouri game was legit comedy. It was legit comedy. Did y'all get to see it, the end of it? I was watching part of it, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, because I was kind of focused on us, so. This game made me numb. Did y'all Dude, see how it ended? weird. It made me like yeah. football a little less. <laughs> he dropped Dude. the ball in the end zone. He straight up dropped it. Weird, 
weird things happen. Missouri had 100 chances to win that game. They probably oh, dude, they tried so hard to lose. And I said, dude, when they when they settled for a field goal, they could have kept tr- trying to score a touchdown in that last drive. They settled for a field goal, and I was like, these guys have never played a Jordan Hare. They have never – you don't settle for field goals at Jordan Hare. Run the ball as far as you can through the back of the end zone and into the locker room and get out because something weird will happen. Sure enough, the dude missed a 25-yard chip shot right down the middle, and then the guy – if you haven't seen the end of the Missouri game, go watch it right now. Drops the ball in the end zone. It was unbelievable. The voodoo, the Jordan Hare voodoo's. It wasn't Auburn's not good enough to have it affect that Penn State game, but it affected the Missouri game. We'll see sure. about LSU this week. <laughs> Dude, I think that game opened at like a two point spread for LSU. Yeah, and, and it's up to like seven. Up. Didn't Auburn? I thought I thought Auburn opened as a home favorite. Somebody, okay, somebody put that out. Apparently, that was one of the lines they made before the season. That that was oh, that, that was okay. never going to open as Auburn as a favorite. Okay, literally. I was about yeah, to I, say I, that. I, I is about to say, there's no way. There's no way. Uh, I saw somebody in the chat talk about the KJ Jefferson leap. That was an all timer. What all-timer was he doing from the four yard line? <laughs> I think I Arkansas pissed, might be in a little trouble this week, man. They might be in a little trouble because they have the worst secondary in the country, and Bama can Bama yeah. play the ball. So it could be, we'll see when, how that when, goes. It could be a Texas big A&M. time get up off the mat game, though, like Kansas State was against Oklahoma this week. We'll see. Um, it could be when when Texas A and M miss or messed up that extra point. I was like, that's going to be the cover right there. I had two and a half. I was like, that's it. That's the one. And sure enough, it was. But Rare to see that they should have won outright. They should they should have won outright. I mean, yeah, what I a bomb on on the field goal! I mean, how just it was incredible on the top on the top of the goalpost. I called that one a stay away game, and I I don't think you could have more of a stay away game than that was. That was insane. That was insane. That's well, a game that you win and you feel really good about if you do. Yeah, you just gotta get out of there alive. Win, win ugly. Winning ugly is a talent. Well, that's all I got. Y'all got anything else? Yeah, I do. Uh, I, I like this last comment. We'll do this one more with a little cab. He said, having three uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic turnovers and still one by three touchdowns and by far our worst game offensively since South Carolina in 2019. That's a new standard. That's, you know, that's that's the games you still want to come out. I don't know about, yeah, I don't know about the last part of against South Carolina, but. Um, we had 500 Florida, yards of offense. Yeah, Florida yeah. 2020 was pretty bad. But I do get the point that, you know, this is good that this is a bad game for us because that's a higher standard. Because I said I said this on Twitter in 2016, this is a home loss. <laughs> it's all the Nicholas yeah. State game. This is a home yeah. loss in 2016. True. That is true. Very, very, very true. Yeah, we appreciate all you guys listening. Um, if you would, please subscribe to the podcast. That's We would much appreciate that. If you can't watch us live for some reason, if you can't watch us on YouTube, um, you can watch us in the car or listen to us in the car. And even if you don't plan on listening to it, just subscribe to it. It takes two or three seconds. Um, definitely follow us on Twitter. That's where most of our content comes out and all the other ones. But definitely Twitter. And hit the like button. Hit that like button. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back later on this week. We'll let you all know a time and a date, and we will preview Missouri. Uh, we should have a lot to talk about. And, of course, we have some gambling picks. Griff, you vowed to have a great week, did you? I mean, college football went pretty much even. Listen, you went two and two. I mean, that's the that's what I was looking for. You went two and oh, two. Oh, okay. and yeah, went I went two and two. And one. But so. look, I it's a, it's a stepping stone. All right, look, all last right. week I went zero and four. This week I went two and two. I'm going four and zero next week. 
I think you need to drop ah. a game of the year on, on, on LSU against Tennessee. I think that's really how you got to get back in. This. Oh, no, it is. Yeah, that that's a game of the year. Let's just confirm it now. Let's just go ahead and put that on. <laughs> let's hype it up. Game of the year, LSU over Tennessee. I don't care what the spread is. I'm taking the Tigers. Tennessee, you're a bunch of frauds, all right? You're a bunch of frauds. I've been to your crap hole of a town, and it sucks, all right? It's nice to know that everything I've ever believed for my whole life about Knoxville is 100% True, confirmed. You will hear more later on in the week. That's Baxter Street Boys. <laughs>